Good afternoon. If you're like uh, my teenage son, uh, you're, uh, uh, th there are three questions that you're probably getting uh, pretty tired of hearing by now. And uh, they are, where are you going to go to college? And what are you going to major in? And the biggest question of all, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? But over the next few months and years, you're going to figure out what college you're going to, and your major will become apparent. But what about that last question? What will you do with your life? I tell my son that I don't know the secret of being rich and famous, nor how to solve the world's problems, but I do know, I do know what contributes to success and, and success and satisfaction. And I think you heard the panel talk about that this morning. It's summed up in one word, it's passion. What matters to you? What would you rather be doing more than, more than anything else? What makes you happy? For me, that passion is finding new and better ways that technology can help organizations make better decisions. Decisions like whether drugs being tested are effective in attacking cancer cells, or which customers a catalog company should target to get better results from, or which insurance claims an insurance company should turn down as being fraudulent. I had done well in high school uh, mathematics and decided to major in applied mathematics at NC State University. In 1963, as an undergraduate at the university, I took my first computer course. Actually, in those days, it was the only computer course. Uh, and for the first month of that course, I was absolutely clueless what was going on. But then one day, the light bulb went on. It was like being lost in the forest and suddenly uh, seeing a path that led out. And from that point on, I was hooked, and within a month, I was actually teaching the lab for the class. I just wanted to know everything. That summer, I faced a choice. I had a job offer to do, do programming for the summer, or I could go back to Wilmington, North Carolina, and work in my father's hardware store. Well, the excitement of being able to program computers all summer won out, and from that time on, programming became all-consuming. From the fall of 1963 on, I was able to pay for my own education, working for the statistics department at the university as a programmer. The group I was uh, with wrote programs to help analyze all of the agricultural experiments that were run there at the university. Things like finding the best uh, corn variety for a particular region, or testing uh, feed mixtures for, for poultry, or uh, finding the best way to fatten up cattle or, or pigs, or horses or, or whatever else uh, there, there were there. But by the time I finished my master's and PhD, these programs had evolved into a system called SAS, and that program was used throughout the South uh, at all of the Southern Agricultural Universities and by a number of, of businesses. By uh, 1976, we had 100 customers, and the university just didn't know what to do with us because they weren't set up to run a commercial corporation nor were they supposed to. So four of us left the university and founded SAS Institute. In the early years, I worked at least 12 hours a day, but it didn't matter because I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, programming this cool software that could turn raw data 
into business solutions for our customers. Now, we didn't have grand plans to grow the company bigger and bigger. We simply listened carefully to our customers and added products and features that they needed to help them make decisions. And today, as a global company with 4,500 employees and over half a billion dollars in revenues, we get every bit as excited about research projects that bring new technology to life. That kind of passion keeps you focused. Now, my official role is president of SAS Institute. But during the day or late at night, I still write code to help develop new products. I don't need to do that. We've got uh, over 500 very talented programmers. And since we're recognized as one of the 100 best companies to work for in America, we attract world-class talent. But I still can't stop programming because it's what I love. Research and development is the heart of our company. We put almost a third of each year's revenues back into R&D. That's a higher percentage than any other software vendor. Now, why do we invest so much in this area? What are we looking for? New and better tools that help our customers bring new drugs to market faster, ensure that a piece, pieces of cars are manufactured properly, and we provide quality control for many of today's computer chips. Passion is contagious. Our employees are just as fervent about finding ways to help customers as I am, just as committed. The average computer company loses over 15% of its employees each year. Uh, only 4% of SAS employees leave. We spread the uh, passion in many ways throughout the company, and then we infect our customers. I think a quote from Howard Dresner from the respected analyst firm, the Gartner Group, sums it up best. Having just attended one of our meetings where 3,000 of our software customers gathered, Howard was quoted in Forbes magazine as saying, it's a love-in. I was afraid that if I said anything negative, the customers would lynch me. Well, I just love that because Howard is a very negative man. So. Uh, let, let, me, let me close with a, with a brief story. Uh, last year, a reporter for a, a business ma magazine asked me, what would you be doing if you weren't running the Institute? Well, I thought for a while, but I really couldn't come up with anything. But I did think the question is really, what makes my life meaningful? I enjoy what I do. And I really don't know what in the world I'd do if I wasn't doing just that thing. The thought terrifies me, frankly. What will you do with your life? I guarantee if you choose a career you love and attack each day on the personal and professional level with the same sense of enjoyment and excitement and interest, the same sense of passion as, as you might feel for skiing or, or sailing, then you're on your way. Of course, I will tell you if you have any interest in computers, I encourage you to explore a computer science major and you will never have to worry about a job. There is always a shortage of good programmers, and today there's even a shortage of bad programmers. But no matter what path you choose, a career saving AIDS patients, or studying the galaxy, or writing for the Baltimore Sun, choose it because you feel fervent about it, because you want to make a difference. I guarantee you, you'll never look back. Thank you and good luck.
to you as you set out to make your mark in the world. I just have a question about balancing. Um, if you want to research something very greatly because of your passion, but you know you can't make any money off of it, or the idea that you have a great passion for programming, but as a manager, you have all these management uh, responsibilities. How do, you, how do you balance those fairly counterintuitive ideas? Well, with regard to going after and working on uh, projects that you sort of intuitively feel aren't going to make any money, there's a certain need always for us to go after just basic research. You know, we, we've got into things like 3D modeling and things like that that we knew there wasn't a big market, but we felt like it was important for the future to, to have that technology available to us. Uh, with regard to uh, balancing um, uh, tasks, the, the best thing I've ever done in my life is to hire really strong managers. And uh, what I say is don't ever be afraid to hire somebody smarter than you are because that's, that's the way you can balance your life better. Let them do the work. Great. Thank you very much. Sure. Um, the company is obviously very successful. Do you contribute any of that success to the generous employee benefits, and what made you decide to have such generous benefits? Well, you know, our, our various employee benefits have sort of each had their own little reason for coming into existence. Uh, back in 1982, we established uh, free childcare for employees. Uh, we only had like four uh, ladies with uh, babies that worked for us at the time, and a couple of them were talking about quitting and going home. So it was sort of a, a plan that they, they came up with, the idea that why, why doesn't the company provide daycare? And we started that, and now we've got over five, I think it's about 550 kids are now in our daycare. Now. There are things like uh, profit sharing each year. Um, every, every year since we started, we put 15% of everybody's salary into, into a profit sharing account. This is tax uh, deferred income for them, and it's, it's tax deduct deductible for us. So they, they've always, always enjoyed that. Stephanie Murrigan from Detroit, Michigan. I have more of a global question for you. Um, currently, the United States harbors a relatively naive and um, inward-looking perspective toward uh, many technologies. For example, we have severe restrictions on the export of encryption technologies. Do you feel that this um, fairly myopic perspective can be a danger to us in the future? Well, I, I don't think it's really myopic. I think it's just stupid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, any, I mean, the Russian mathematicians can write just as good encryption algorithms as we can. So the idea that somehow we're going to bottle up encryption algorithms in this country is just ludicrous. And uh, we've actually spoken, I've actually spoken to my senator about uh, getting that restriction lifted. It, it really doesn't stop the use of encryption throughout the world. It's just a burden to us software development companies. Uh, we are being asked to encrypt data all the time. Uh, a lot of encryption is just for compression, just to make things smaller and more compact. And a lot of these algorithms, uh, there, there's, it's just a major hindrance to us to say that we've got one set of software for the United States and, and another set that we can export to the rest of the world. Because over half of our revenues come from the rest of the world now. Sure. 